You're listening to the Orisha Wisdom Podcast, episode 86. Welcome to the Orisha Wisdom Podcast, where growth and spirituality create an enhanced life's journey. Balancing life with the wisdom of Egun, Ifa, and Orisha in our everyday lives. I am your host, Yvonne. Welcome to the Arisha Wisdom Podcast. It has been a while since I have recorded and the format of this specific episode is going to be slightly different than some of the past ones. If you have not noticed, the podcast has changed a bit. Mainly, you have known me as either Iya Omileti or Omileti, and you noticed the host's name is different. If you have not caught on to the why, I will link that below. There was a video that came out, and that will explain why the host name has changed. And if you haven't watched that video, there's much you may need to catch up on. In the meantime, I will do my best to link it by the time this publishes to orishawisdom.com forward slash Yvonne. And that is spelled I, V as in Victor, O, N as in Nancy, which is my given first name. I am going to get into quite a bit, but beforehand, we do have a sponsor of this particular episode, and I promise you, once we start with this episode, you are going to want to either take notes or get back to this particular episode because we are going to begin to discuss things that Many of us in the traditions have tiptoed around, and I think it's about time that we do not do that for the sake of not only ourselves, but the brand new people who are coming. So with that, let's get started. This episode is brought to you by Olubumi Creations. Love Orisha and Orisha things? <laughs> Me too! This is why I created a space which is dedicated to creating Orisha things. From original artwork, especially calligraphy and lettering pieces, which you can have on your walls. From the 16 Megis to sayings about the Orishas. How about having a great saying or your favorite art on a mug or a t-shirt? Because, well, why not? There are cards, decals, Orisha offering dishes, which are all made per order by hand. And look out for limited offerings. There is something for many of the Orishas. And if you don't see something, reach out and let's see what creative spiritual awesomeness we can create for you. Olubumi Creations was made because going to a store to get something for someone in the traditions was pretty much impossible. Or it's the same thing and the same art over and over. Check us out by going to 
orishawisdom.com forward slash omileti, O-M-I-L-E-T-I. This is Orisha Art, made by an Orisha worshiper for Orisha worshippers of the world with Olubumi Creations. As you can see, I am going to have to change that link as well. But if you do put orishawisdom.com forward slash omileti, it will still link you back to Yvonne. So don't worry about it. I will have to be changing pretty much everything about Orisha Wisdom and Olubumi Creations. So things are going to be happening. This one, shoot, you're going to need like heavy-duty tea. You're going to need something for this one. This is an episode of quite a few that I'm hoping to get out to everyone. First of all, I put literally in a big sticky, there it is, and it says, thank you. Before I get started, after that video came out, I basically just kind of went inward And I want to thank every single person who either sent me a message, an email, who made a prayer as small as it is. It's been powerful. That video was very hard to make. And um, very few people know what I went through to even put that out there. And your support has been immense. I got a question from someone who said, well, is anything that you teach still good? As you've noticed, I've never taught anything ceremoniously because I feel that there are variances between houses and lineages and to post anything like that would not be good for the person who is being taught because it would conflict with their future godparent. So everything that is in Orisha wisdom or the community is still valid. However, I think we're going to dive a lot deeper going forward. We are going to speak about things that normally are hush-hush. And the saying goes, hindsight is twenty twenty. So you're going to see your, well, not tea, but you're going to hear me flip on a lot of pages because, gosh, I've made quite a bit of notes on this one. In short, regarding that video, about 16 plus years of my religious spiritual life was based on some truths, some lies, which were imposed on me by my husband and his goddaughter who became my godmother in the traditions. Now, the question is, I've been asked this question, where do I go from here? I had a choice. Well, number one, leave the traditions altogether. And honestly, I don't think anyone would have faulted me after everything that has happened. And even the video in question does not even touch every single aspect of the spiritual life. And number two, 
start all over. And as you can hear and see from that video, I decided to start all over from scratch. So this would be like interesting. This should be like from Iya to Omileti to Ivan. Oh my God. I don't even know what I'm going to title this episode, but here we are. And I promise that I am going to share my journey because honestly, I don't want anybody to go through what I went through. So let's start from the beginning. If I had a magical crystal ball that this ball, every time I hold this ball in my hands, it would give me a red flag like danger, danger, don't go here. If I had that and I go back in time, what would have happened? It's like, if I hold it and I'm talking to a priest and they ask questions and, and whenever they give me an answer, like this magic ball starts like spinning, buzzing, I don't know, all about, um, Harry Potter. Like, you know, remember that? Oh my God, that screaming thing where poor, you know, whoever did not like the remember all and, um, not the remember all. It was like that howler. That's what it's called. The howler, like ah, something like that. That would be phenomenal. But unfortunately, we do not have that. The goal of Orisha wisdom has always been to help others avoid crap in the religion, to make it into a nutshell. Funny enough, I'm the one fully deep in a sea of crap. And I figure, you know what, let's dissect what happened to me so that no one ever has to go through the same thing ever. Now, I'm not going to go in a chronological manner because it doesn't make sense, but more like themes and topics, at least for this particular episode. What I want to talk about today is the unicorn priest. Yes, folks, I believe in unicorns. Don't judge me, okay? Just go Harry Potter, go unicorns. Dang it. When you meet a priest, there are a few ways that you're going to meet this priest. You're going to get a personal referral. You're going to go to a reading alone with him or her. You're going to meet this priest at an event there might be a chance meeting, you're going to be at Starbucks, Dunkin' Donuts, you're going to be in the streets, you're going to be in the store. And nowadays, the internet, or they are a figure in social media, or the internet, meaning that there's no personal connection between the priest and you, they are related to you, or a relative or someone facilitates a connection between you and said priest. Or this person is a public speaker at a function or at a religious event. Or this person, this priest, is an author. Now, someone you found who has done something legal for the community, like an activist, that might be another way where 
you, I'm actually going to, now that I think about it, I am going to, there we are. I was looking for my highlighter because this one we're going to have to tackle a bit later. But to unpack each, and this is just the beginning. I think that these are conversations that Alejos and Aborishas and priests should be having with Alejos, Aborishas and other priests to create checks and balances going forward. And I was just speaking to a, a priest and I was explaining to him. So he's like, you know, it's kind of hard because he still calls me Omileti. He's like, Omileti, I mean, Yvonne, you know, we need to get back out there. And I literally just got off the phone. It's not that I don't want to, but I feel that there are too many blind spots in our traditions. So we're going to probably maybe voice some of these blind spots so that as a community, the elders as a whole, not just the elders, because obviously that did not work in my situation. No council of elders, people, nothing. If anybody says council of elders, please run. But together, to get rid of some of these blind spots, so that what happened to me and many others, as I am hearing, and you may have been reading or, or know as well, will not happen. Okay. We're going to have to start somewhere. So we're going to start with personal referrals. Actually, I'm going to put a little sticky note because because this list is the one that we are going to be, I'm going to put it right here, working on. Personal referrals can be your greatest help, your greatest asset in finding a great and legit priest. Or... As in my case and many others, it can be the most detrimental decision that you will ever make. When someone you trust refers you to a priest, a few things can happen. So here is where my little ball, if I were to go back in time, would be spinning, humming, screaming, and throwing really bad fumes. Because you trust the source, you are more open to be open and accepting of the priest and willingly bypass any checkpoints like vetting because your trusted source is, you know, trusted. You trust this person. Not blaming the person. So I'm not here blaming the person who refers said priest, him or her, because they have their reasons for trusting that priest. My point is that we have to do what my former boss says. Like he would ask me, Yvonne, did you do this and this? I'm like, yeah, I did it. Don't you trust me? And he used to look back at me. I trust you. Trust but verify. And that became like his, like, remember, trust, but verify. And I used to like, ah, but I did it. No, I trust you. I just need to verify. So now we need to kind of go back to doing this. Trust, but verify. We being the referee, I don't, that's not the right word. Like the person who's being referred, I'm going to say referee for this conversation also don't want to offend the source. 
So if it is your best friend, if it is your uncle, if it is whoever who is willingly, lovingly, and singing high praises of said priest is doing, you don't want to offend that story. Now, I, am, I told you I was going to share with you my story. I've had very close friends, and my best friend and her husband sang praises of this priest. He was patient. He explained things well. He practiced and lived African tradition. I'm like, shoot, what's not to love? I remember that they felt a change after meeting him. And of course, due to our close relationship, they also wished for my life to change, for me to connect to my Africanness. He was definitely a light-skinned Puerto Rican who embodied an African spirituality and just, just, a spiritually connected man to source. That's how I saw him. That's how she spoke. Well, they, because they were a couple, spoke to me about him. He spoke many Yoruba words and phrases. He spoke of odus and stories which seemed to be lost from the Lukumi branch. He sang Yoruba songs. And when he sang, it's like, wow. This dude is amazing. It was beautifully. It was loudly and with heart. And I'm like, what is not to love? So I remember the crystal ball going back. I'm carrying this little thing and let's bring it out to play. Looking back, if I didn't know what I know now, I would have done the exact same things that I did because I didn't know. But with the help of my handy-dandy gorgeous crystal ball, let's see what we can see. The number one biggest red flag is, of my crystal ball, is that there were never, ever any of his direct elders we could meet in any of the traditions discussed. Not in Egungung, not in Paloma Jompe. And if you heard the video, then you know how the Ocha part happened, but not there. So in the beginning, there was no Lukumi Ocha. He was introduced to me as an Egungun priest, but I never in the almost 17 years of knowing him ever met a single elder or God sibling and never a picture a phone conversation, a pigeon, nothing. There was, well, I'm not going to say was, because it is still an elaborate story of why he branched out on his own. And especially the notion that in Africa, they train you and then they set you out into the world. And that's it. To me, if you, if you are new, understand where I was. If you're new, you're like, Okay, that makes sense. They train you and then you go out into the world and now you are a trained person, right? But never a meeting. Tribute to the elders, nothing. And I never, ever 
question that. If this red flag wouldn't have been ignored, I would not be sitting here talking with you today because that to me was not strange because of one, trusting blindly, and two, not meeting any elders ever. When we trust blindly, we can be fed any lie. And with our sheer faith, we will its power to be truth for us without any verification whatsoever. And that's, if there's anything that I could instill is verify, 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 verify. And we are going to be unpacking these topics from Alejo to Aborisha to priests so that we do not go through this again. And that way you could be like, you know, go to that podcast. They're going to talk about that because we understand that for us in the community to verify each other is a lot easier as a priest or an Aborisha who may know priests. There are connections. There are connections. We believe anything that a person who we have willingly said, I really trust this person, anything that they say automatically, we take their word as truth automatically without question. Funny, a stranger tells you a tale and based on your disposition, you're like, yeah, right, prove it. But not when we are gullible from the start. Nope. Nope. Just because they say that they are a priest doesn't mean it is so. And this is not in my notes, but even if they are a priest, still verify. Look out for a very detailed story with variables. For example, I lived in Africa for two years, three years, five years, one summer. I went alone with my godmother. My mom didn't know. And then, no, my mom knew. And I was only there for here. Look out for variations, even if you really love this person. Honestly, a story like this is so incredible that it must be real. So our critical thinking goes out the window and we can't. If I were to meet somebody and five months later the story changes, I'd be like, what the heck is going on here? But no, when you are open and you absolutely believe, it is very different, isn't it? Because you're totally ready for whatever is going to be fed to you. Now we're going to pause here just for a bit because this is one red flag that I think is, is a big one. But we're going to move on to the other topic. Remember that I had a list. I'm going to go back. Da, 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 da. Here we go. When you go to a reading alone with a priest, and remember that list when you are at an event, all kinds of things. Okay. Going to a reading alone. My crystal ball is now buzzing at this point. This is an area where the vulnerable get eaten alive. And willingly. And that's the funny part. Not funny like being funny. Like it's almost ironic. I think that's a better word. So much can go wrong here. When you are new, 
You do not know even what a reading should look like in the tradition that you are seeking. A reading in Lukumi, the way those notes are given to you or is set, it's very different than Isheshe, very different than Voodoo, very different than Candoble, very different than Palo. And if you're going to a reading and you don't even know what is going on, they could be reading from a fortune cookie. You won't have a clue. You won't. Actually, I ran off and yep, that's what it says. Like you don't even know if they did it right or not. Now, dressing the part. Some words in strange language, some gestures, and you're hooked. And looking back at me, I was ready to be on the hook. I was so hungry for being in the traditions that to see a man who dressed in an agbara with a fila and is singing me songs in Yoruba in beautiful phrases in Yoruba. And I'm like, no, it's not Yoruba. It's Yoruba. And I'm like, oh my God, see, he knows so much. You are gushing. You are hooked. And you're like, oh, this is so spiritually awesome and I love it. And you don't know if it is real or not. And I think that that is the challenge because people have opinions about a person. What if that is that person's style? What if, if they're just, you know, trying to be something they're not? You wouldn't know. And yet when you see this, you might ignore a person who's a little more humble, who may actually be the person on point. So you don't know if it is real or not. Attending on your own makes you extremely vulnerable. I understand that there are personal matters that are going to be discussed. I get it. But going alone has proved an easy way for bad priests to get away with what they get away with. I remember creating a readings cheat sheet for students at Alejo's 101 to, and, you know, to go to a reading. And now even that sheet has to be revised. Going alone also means for the danger of sexual predators. This I have not experienced personally. However, because of the Orisha wisdom community, a lot of stories have come to me to the point that I can't sleep, I'm angry, and I'm sad because of what priests have done in the name of Orumila, in the name of Ifa, in the name of Orisha, in the name of 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 Palo and Kisi, whoever, in the name of the spiritualness that we revere to others but at the same token going alone to doing certain things you shouldn't do and i look i get it you have a problem it is big to you you are dying not dying like you're drowning that's a better word you're drowning in that issue you're not doing well you don't want to be broadcasting your problem to your best friends, you want to get it spiritually fixed if that is the avenue that you're going. I get it. But there are some 
dangers that as a brand new person and even a priest priest may get involved and may come across spiritually bad people that are morally deviant. And um, I remember a particular story that I was so angry. I started making calls. I couldn't believe that. And I've, I have never experienced it. I've gotten lucky on that end that that never happened to me, but it happens, happens still. It's probably happening right now while you're listening to this because someone else went alone to a reading or to get spiritual work done. Okay, back to the notes. I'm going to shift my mic. Sorry. Yep, there we go. I'm trying to figure out because I move my finger. You see what happens when I get carried away. (laughs) Okay. Alone plus the belief that all priests are good equals bad combination. When one has bad character, it's not like it's going to tell you in their face. There's nothing, there's nothing that they're going to give you to let you know that until you're in it. Going alone without knowing about costs can also leave you open to financial abuse. If you are with someone who knows stuff, you don't even have to be initiated, but real stuff. I don't, you know, but I wrote the word protocols, but that word, I just can't anymore. I'm going to have to find another word, but the real protocols and protocols cost wise. If the priest tells you, Hey, a cleaning with a pigeon, it's going to be $500. So cough it up. It'll be like, no, that's not right. We don't do that. That's very costly. And that friend who is coming with you is going to be like, you know, there's something wrong here. Hold on. Okay, there we go. Now, let's move on to meeting someone at an event. This is an interesting one. And it's going to probably cause some heads to turn. This one takes me to... mm, it takes me to somewhere, to some time in a different setting. But let, let's say that you meet someone at an event, right? You're meeting someone and they know all the songs. They sing louder than everybody. They know all the dance moves and they dress like what I call the Arisha Nines. One might quickly create a, a persona or a perspective, like you might create like, ah, this is this person. This is what this person is like. Oh my, he or she is amazing. Imagine if he can do this and does all this, 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 then, oh my God, this person must be spiritually awesome. I want to meet him or her. I want to make him or her my godparent or, you know, talk to them. What if they could read me? And you wait for the best possible chance, sorry about that, the possible chance to to talk to them. And you try to, I don't know, get near them. 
so you can get a hello and and try to see if they will grant you a second of their valuable time for your insignificant self. That is not in my notes, but it's almost like that. Like you're so little, but they're so awesome. And if they could just give me just five seconds, that would be so awesome. Right? Meanwhile, you might miss an opportunity to meet a humble priest dressed in plain white with no frills who could have guided you with heart and truth. But we as humans, this is not pointing the finger because if anybody is going to point the finger, I'm pointing this at myself. I saw the awesomeness and I just thought it was so amazing. And if I would have met somebody that is not that awesome, in my mind, I would have pegged them as, well, they don't know as much as the one that looks like they know the most. I, I I wrote the letter U, the word U here, but no, but I allowed the glamour to get the best of me. And it's just, I think, a human thing, a human trait. We doubt everyone, but there's always like a little area in life where we don't doubt and it gets us into trouble. Another problem is that in an event, one, a person, a brand new person, might not know to properly vet someone. Just think about it. The drummers are going. The dancing is amazing. The dancers are dancing. The singers are singing. Everybody's singing. Energy is high. If you've never been to an Arisha event, energy can get really, really high to the point that you walk into that room All your hair stand up. It's almost like your blood is singing and dancing along with it. So who has the time to vet anyone? If they're here, they must be good, right? And who the heck am I to think, you know, that I should even try to ask questions about them? You know what I mean? Like you as a brand new person, I've even seen that when I thought I was a priestess, you could hear people talking to me. Yeah, I, can I ask you this? I don't want to be disrespectful. No, ask a question. Ask your question. Now, these are common questions. Think about it. It's like a priest's resume. And I know people are very protective of their odus, and I get that. But there are certain things that I think should be standard. And I don't know, I heard a priest saying, you know what, we should start vetting everybody. Everybody should put in their notebooks, given name, birth date, OCHA name, phone number, and email address. That way, whenever they're showing that piece, they're like, here, vet. We're going to call it the vetting page. Boom. Wow. Here we go. And We laugh about it, but I remember when I was in the room when that was said, which was recently, I laughed with everyone, but I felt like a dummy because I wouldn't even have known that that is a possibility that you could ask. 
Here's another point. When meeting people at Orisha or spiritual events. When one attends being brand new. So we're like the greeny green greens, the alejos. You sit mostly and observe. You take it all in like, oh my God, I'm breathing in the spiritualness. And you see the following. People are beginning to form a line of people to greet someone. And you see them throwing themselves on the floor and there's almost like a line. And you're like, wow, this is one holy priest. And that scene can create an image, again, a perception, a story. And you, being brand new, you fall in place of your immediate level of admiration towards this person that everyone is throwing themselves to. Again, that makes you blindly believe. Blindly. Remember to enjoy the scenery, but many times things are not what they seem. Remember that song, All That Glitters Isn't Gold? There's much more, but let's tap into the next topic. Let's talk about a chance meeting. Starbucks, the bodega, the supermarket, Target, park, I don't know, train, bus, crossing the street, wherever, at an event, you're at a show, you're at the movies, you might catch a view of the ileques, or an ide, which is the bracelet. Ileques, as you know, is the, is the necklace, okay? And you muster up the courage to say hi, and you strike up a conversation, and then the exchange of the digits. Caveats. If you're not familiar with the traditions and don't know anyone, then even if you ask the light questions, you will not know what to do because you won't know what to do. Even if you know what that questions are, you won't know what to do with the answers that they give you. There are some resources that I'll talk about in the coming episodes, I literally just have to rethink how to put this into such a way so that there is no blind spot, but it's going to be difficult just because there is a form of secrecy when it comes to our traditions. So I'm trying to figure this out. But as I am learning and uncovering new ways, I promise I will be sharing those. Before you book a reading or a nice phone call, conversation, talk, um, it is important that you know the following. Find out what exactly tradition they are. If they're a palero, palomayombe, there's different lineages there too. An olorisha, a santero, an orisha priest, lucumi. Isheche is not really a thing, 
But for this conversation, I'm going to use that word for the more traditional, the one that comes from Nigeria direct. So I'm just going to say Isheshe, but people don't get offended. Mambo Hungang is for voodoo and awo. Abalao, Oluo, Yanifa, Ferifa, which tradition, then who are their godparents? You're not going to know these people. Write those names down. Who was their Ajubona? Their second godparent. You don't remember that word? Don't worry. Who's your second godparent? They'll know. And who was there? What is your lineage? And jot all of that down. Will you spell it correctly? Absolutely not. Don't worry about it. As long as you have it. It is best not to set up an appointment so you can make the time to vet. Now, there are sites like aleda.org, there's Santeros del Mundo, Lorishas United, to name a few. I may be able to reach out to some of these organizations so they can be listed because there has to be a way to vet someone truly, truly, truly. Because this is ridiculous. That is 2022 and we're still going through these problems. It's just, we have to find a way. Priests and elders have to find a way to put a stop to this. At least to minimize it so that as soon as some crazy person does something, that's it. They can just be caught right away. So, I, I'm again, eleda.org is a very good place. Santeros del Mundo, Olorishas United. Now, those are Lukumi. However, they always know somebody who isn't. And this community is big, but little. There's always someone who knows someone. And oh, see, look at that. And the key, I wrote it down in the next note. The key is someone will know someone who was there. Then the crazies will come out. But they will be, they'll have like a little flashlight on them. The challenge are those Isheshe priests who came, who, who claim to come from the motherland. So that's very difficult to vet because we are not in touch with people there. So that's a little hard. I'm not saying that they're not real priests. That's not what I said. I just said that's going to be a little harder to vet. Sometimes, because what I'm finding is that someone does know someone who knows someone and then an answer will come. Hint, in Lukumi forums, there is always someone who practices Isheshe. Again, I know don't, there's no such thing as Isheshe. I get it. But for this conversation, the traditional and they have elders who some are still in Africa and will communicate and find out this information to vet someone. The key point is no one should have no one to vet them. Does that make sense? Like nobody should be like, I'm sorry, I just don't have any elders to introduce you to. That should never happen. So, if they say, well, you know, there was no one there or everybody has died, run. Run, run, run. After and only after they are vetted, then use those digits and set up that appointment. Now, I didn't write this here because I understand that sometimes things are 
urgent. And it's kind of tricky because you may come in with something that's it needs to be taken care of. Somebody's very, very sick, a court case, um, something that is time sensitive. There won't be time to vet that person fully. I say for this, you may be or may not be happy with the work. Let's say that you are happy with the work that was done for you. Okay. You still vet them. You finish the work that you need to do, whether you saw results or not mostly when you saw results, still vet them, vet them. I can't, I can't, I can't say that enough. Vet them even after the fact. I am going to move on to a couple of points. And the points are on social media. This is a very big topic. So for this particular episode of the podcast, I'm just going to brush on it. These people are active. They respond to all the questions asked in forums. They post their quick to prescribe odons, stories. They're very Orisha-ish, spiritually-ish, egun-ish, ifa-ish, holy responses. They message you privately. They take an interest. Hmm. This is going to be really difficult because there are many great priests who do have the right to tell you those stories. They do reach out, let's say, after a tough conversation. I have been known that if I see something terrible, I will reach out. Not to read you, not to make you my godchild, but just to reach out. But there are some people that will reach out to read you and you're like, you know, I like the way this person sounded. We are going to go with this person. The part of social media, I'm going to write this down, is the challenge is, again, the vetting. The vetting is still something that you can do even from social media. However, at some point, this is your life. Everybody who has seen the video, if you haven't, I'll post it, but this is my life. I spent time. I believed. I was in fear. This has been my money. These are the people that I loved. This became my world. And all of that was shattered. So if you do not take the time to properly vet someone, you may be in a spot that is not so pleasant later on. And you will ask yourself the same questions I have asked myself. Why did this happen? But I've had to really look back. I didn't vet I didn't do. I believed what I heard and what I saw and anything else or anything that may have been a question. There was no room for that. So I just wanted to say that even in social media, we are going to still have to vet. We are going to take a pause on this episode just for now. 
And in the next episodes, we will talk about more social media. We're going to talk about more red flags because if you're not even starting in the best possible foot, then you might be caught in a situation similar to mine where you lose basically almost your faith, your stability, what you thought your was your foundation, your money, your family, meaning spiritual and physical family. And you're like, how did this happen? But you are going to meet people on social media, public speaking, I don't know, authors, authors are another one, people who facilitate and you you're like almost like you put that wall down already because you're like, no, this is a holy person. And I get it. But based on what I am going through and what I have been through, trust but verify. And I love my former boss for it. Trust but verify. I trust you. Let me verify if this is true. This is your life. And I am going to go more into these topics and other topics as well. I am going to be changing a lot of links, a lot of recordings, a lot of stuff. Have some patience with me, but I will be doing that. So that's why I said this episode is going to be a little different than the regular format because now I've had to re-record and do other things. So I'm not ending with the same stuff for this episode at least. Again, to everyone in the community who has reached out, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. For those of you who do not believe, trust or don't trust, but verify. This is how I came to where I'm at because I trusted but I had to verify. And then I didn't trust and I still had to verify. Verifying is going to be the ultimate. And now when somebody asks me a question, I'm like, you don't have to believe me. Go find out. And I think that that is a better way of doing that because we are all students and we don't have to fully just follow blindly somebody who is teaching you. You can verify. And in the future, I'm actually going to write this down. I'm going to write. I'm literally writing for the future. So, you know, in our traditions, there are things that are standard. And there are things that can be some deviations. And I have to carve that episode differently because there are some things that Alejos and Aborishas should not hear. So now I'm in an interesting position because now I know things that I shouldn't because I thought I was a priest. And I want you to know that we are going to try to work hard to get you all of the information that you need as much as we can offer as much as priests and elders are now trying to figure out how do we stop this. And as a community, I ask all of the elders, majores, not majores, 
It shouldn't be just the elders because you may not know what's going on on social media and how people are getting hooked. It should be everyone as a collaborative way. I'm asking the community to come together. I can't, I'm sorry. I've seen this happen with people with, you know, that they get messaged like, yes, my child, the ancestors sent you. That's easy to see, right? We're like, scammer. But when it happens to you so close to home, it changes you. I am never going to be the same way again. The omiletti that you knew is just gone. I am very distrusting. You have to verify. Like if I don't see it on the mat and I better research that Odun, like what does that mean? Like I want to know. I just don't trust you as a person. I want you to know. And even if I don't know your name, just as a listener, I do not want you to go through what I went through and many others, not just me. I've gotten stories over the years that have broken my heart. And in that time, thinking that I'm in a great place, now I'm like, man, it could happen. And you may not even realize that it's happening to you. So I want to talk about every possible avenue so that nobody can go through that again. And I was not in my notes. I totally deviated from my notes. But I'm very emotional. I'm very passionate about this. I don't want this to happen to another person. And I will be addressing many questions of why. Why didn't you know? When I have revealed the answers, they're like, oh, we see it. We got it. But if it happened to someone, it can happen to you. And it has nothing to do with how smart you are or how savvy you are. It can happen to anybody, any sex, any age group, savvy, street smart, street smart or not. I just want you to know, for everyone, trust but verify. It's time everybody gets vetted. It's time that we make it mandatory to have a way to vet everybody. If they're a new priest somewhere, somebody's got to have a record. There's got to be a way. Because this is insane. I've heard recently of people who have gotten charged almost twice for an OCHA that wasn't even valid. I'm like, dang. So I want you all to know, Arisha Wisdom Podcast is going to continue to share as I am learning now, as I am going through this and my journey, I still will go to the foot of Arisha. I have not lost faith in them. But I think it is best that we turn to our spiritualness and believe in humans a little less. 
because they will guide us. Looking back, there were things. And that's why we are going to go through them quite a lot and dissect and talk about them. These are the conversations I want everyone to have because they all have heard. We all have heard of someone who has been through a bad situation, but we keep it in the shh. We don't talk about that. Eso le pasó a ella, pero no le diga nada. That happened to that person, but don't tell her nothing. You know what? The time for the shame, and I should know, because I felt shame. How did I allow myself to get into this? It's over. It's time for all of us to uplift each other and for all of us to understand how the new person is going to come in, what it is that we should provide, how it is that we can properly work as a community to vet a priest so that this doesn't happen again. Now, I should probably name this episode one reborn, but we'll keep the numbers going just because it'll be a lot easier. So I thank you for listening to this episode. I thank you for your time, your support, your prayers. I will be talking of other red flags and other things that you should know so that when you start your journey, it is on solid ground because I think we all deserve that. But we need to know what we're looking for. And I want to talk about social media, about an author, like what is it that we should know? And all I can say is trust on the spirituality that you were born with. Try to connect to that. You are not insignificant. You do matter. You have egons, you have spirits who are with you from birth. Start connecting with that. May all of the egon and orisha bless you all immensely. Until next time, Odabo. Thank you for listening to the Orisha Wisdom Podcast. Be sure to check out the show notes at orishawisdom.com forward slash podcast. Can't get enough of Orisha Wisdom? Check us out at orishawisdom.com and subscribe to our community. Remember, the wisdom of Egun, Orisha, and Ifa is all around us. Be blessed and until next time.